This is the School Success Podcast, a podcast for school leaders to learn from other school leaders what's working and what's not, and to get inspiration and encouragement, as well as strategies to grow school enrollment, connect with families, retain teachers, recruit teachers, and everything in between. You guys are heroes, and I cannot thank you enough for pouring into this next generation that's coming behind us. My goal is you will take at least one thing away from every episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. Please enjoy the School Success Podcast. Hey, School Success Makers, welcome to another edition of the School Success Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Slater. I'm joined by one of my new friends out of the great city and state of St. Augustine, Florida, Mr. Andrew Smalley, who is the head of school of Veritas Classical School there in St. Augustine. And they're doing some really cool stuff. I met him in person and I was like, I got to have this guy on the podcast because he's doing classical Christian education, which I love, and he's leading the school and he's in the great state of Florida. So why why not? Let's have him on the podcast. But before I pass it off to introduce himself, I do want to highlight our amazing sponsors over at America's Christian Credit Union. You guys have heard this before probably, but hey, they're celebrating 65 years of service this year and they provide essential school banking services and a tuition financing program for schools who are looking to reduce their risk and administrative burden. And you can check out check out all that stuff on their website at americaschristiancu.com forward slash schools. That's americaschristiancu.com forward slash schools. And my favorite part about them, guys, the tuition financing, if you're a Christian school out there that is, has a hard time collecting all the tuition that is owed to you throughout the school year, you can just get an account with them and say, hey, families, go take out a tuition financing loan with America's Christian Credit Union. And then you as the school get all the money up front and then they will pay off the loan with America's Christian Credit Union. And it doesn't cost your school anything. It's a win-win for everybody involved. So you can focus on teaching and loving your students. So check it out, americaschristiancu.com forward slash schools. All right, jumping into today's episode, uh, we got Andrew Smalley, guys. So I'm going to pass it off to him to introduce himself, and then we'll jump into some nitty-gritty questions and content. So, Andrew, welcome to the podcast today, sir. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. It's going to be fun. And I, I've said this before, uh, or well, I say it to every guest, but I've actually never, and I think we did talk about this when we first, first chatted, I've lived in Florida for a long time, never been to St. Augustine, even though I've driven <laughs> up 95 right past it. I've never been there. So I always like to ask if I was to visit, which one day, yes, Andrew, I will visit. I'll come by the school and go grab a coffee or something. But what do you say? Like, hey, you got to do this in St. Augustine to get the full experience of the city. Well, you know, Mitchell, I hesitate to tell you too much because obviously uh, tourism is, is a big deal around here. St. Augustine is apparently visited by over 2 million people every year. So I, you know, as much as (laughs) I love the tourism and obviously many of my families actually, you know, own restaurants and are part of the tourism industry. I'm, you know, I don't want to sell it too much because I don't want to bring too many extra people here, but this is the oldest city in America. And we definitely, you know, take that. The ancient city tagline is used a whole lot. I would definitely want you to, you know, walk the cobbled streets and look at some gift shops and get some good food. Obviously, there's plenty of places that do that. The architecture here is beautiful. So just spending some time with the buildings of Henry Flagler, Flagler College is here. 
Um, it just, it is a, it's a, it's a beautiful space. And then obviously the beach, you know, the beach is right there. So you gotta go spend some time on the beach. Uh, water's beautifully warm almost year round. So, you know, our school has a surf club, of course it does. And so, you know, we're out on the beach as much as we can surfing. So, you know, it's, it's not a, a bad place to visit. So you need to jump off of 95 and, and see a little piece of Florida that doesn't really always feel like Florida. Hmm. So that's good. See, my, my parents, as I grew up in Florida, but my parents, I think their honeymoon, I believe it was their honeymoon. They honeymooned in St. Augustine and right after they got married. And I remember hearing that I was like, I was like, cause we grew up in central Florida way back in the day in Ocala. So it was only a couple hour drive mm -hmm. and then they get to St. Augustine. But again, I've, I've, I've never, I, funny enough, I've never been there. I have friends that live there, but it's never, I got to do it. I, and if you're into the uh, extraterrestrial, right? And they're like big time ghost tours and stuff in St. Augustine. There are some ghost tours as well. There's also, I would say, if you want a specific spot, you have to go to Cousteau's Waffle and Milkshake Bar because that, that is, that's impressive and well worth it while you kind of look across the harbor, watch the schooner coming by, you know, watch the, the bridge of lions going up. There's, uh, there's so many good things to be, wow. to be it. Be seen. I'm a foodie, so I love. I'm sign me up. Well, Veritas, we jump into the school itself. Well, I guess well, actually before we jump into the school, let's jump into you first. So let's give kind of your your overarching view of how you got to Veritas, your background in education, just to give the the listeners a little bit of background on you before we jump into Veritas. So how did you get to where you are today? Wow, but God, right? I mean, that's that's my story. I was born and raised in England and was really looking for an opportunity to be in Christian education. So partially my now wife and partially the opportunity to be in Christian education brought me to Philadelphia. And I worked at a Christian school in Philadelphia for 15 years. Then I spent five years in Austin, Texas, prior to coming to be a head of school here at Veritas Classical School. So that's, that's kind of a little bit of my journey to get to where I am. Man, some big history cities there. You like come over to Philadelphia, which is obviously deeper in our history. And now St. Augustine. I mean, you're yep. just checking off the boxes there. So born in England, does that mean dual citizen or military family? What, how, what's that story? No, I was, well, Mitchell, it's really a one up my sister's story. I came over as a camp counselor. I didn't want to travel in Europe because my languages were not super strong. So I decided to come to America where I could talk to everybody <laughs> and had a pretty radical conversion on a summer camp in the Pocono Mountains in, in Pennsylvania, where I just realized that I needed the Lord. And I was in a place that I wanted to serve underprivileged kids on this camp. And I felt like in my own skin and in my own flesh, I couldn't do that, which was absolutely true. I needed, I needed God to be able to help me help them. And so that place became very near and dear to me and was a place where I learned to uh, lead. And so I came back summer after summer. And in fact, even my wife and I were there with uh, three young children a number of summers ago, just continuing to work out that ministry and helping really being counselors to the counselors, because there was a lot of international counselors and even American counselors who just needed somebody to talk to, somebody to work with, right? And, and to be able to deal with some of the challenges of sometimes just being away from home for the first time and sometimes dealing with you know, children that they didn't know how to deal with because they were you know, 18, 19 years old. So 
So definitely some camp ministry in my background that has been very monumental, even for my leadership today. Man, that's uh, so camp ministry, super foundational in mine as well. So I love that. It's actually how my, we actually just on Tuesday. So we, my wife and I lead a marriage group, co-lead a marriage group at our church. And the couple we lead with, the question that they led with for this last week's discussion was bring a, bring a picture of your, of your, your wedding, like you getting married. And then talking about the highs and lows, like the last, you know, however many years, how many, however many years you've been married and we've been married nine. And so we're talking about, okay, guys, how'd you meet, you know? And so we actually met at a church, uh, at a church planning a youth camp. She was a summer missionary. This is up in Alaska where I'm from and did my major growing up. And so we, we met there and we're planning a youth camp and that's where we got to really know each other was just ministering to these kids. And I was like, I really like her. And so Fast forward all those years later, and now she's my wife. So camp ministry, man, it's a good place to find a spouse. I, mean, I would tell you, I literally watched my my now wife walk across camp with, you know, nine or ten campers following around. And I, I can literally say, I was like, wow, she's going to make a really good mom one day. And that was meaningful to me because I wanted to be other. I felt like God was going to call me to marriage and that I would maybe be a, a, a dad one day. I wanted somebody who was going to be a good mom alongside of me. So yeah, it's it it's definitely a place um, where you know foundations are, are are made. I love it. So anybody listening, get into camp ministry, especially if you're. Well, thinking. certainly, I would say to school administrators, if you see that that teaching, you know, you see a student stand up in front of class and start being able to teach other students, I would say that is a really great way for them to really begin to you know, learn what it looks like to manage children and really classroom management's happening in the cabin as you walk yep. kids around camp. I think it's just a great way for kids to to get their, get their feet wet in terms of, you know, potentially being a teacher for sure. 100%. I agree with that. And now you came from Austin over to, to Veritas and St. Augustine. How many years ago was that? So, yeah, I'm just starting year three as head of school at Veritas Classical School. Okay. And how, how old is Veritas Classical School? So we are going into year seven this year. Okay. So we just started year seven. Since I signed on in April of 2021, the school has actually doubled in size almost, almost going into this fall. So we're, we're kind of, it's, it's moving and shaking. It's fun. Love it. That K8, K12, where you guys at grade-wise? So we are, so we began at, in, in, in the year one, it was really a K through seventh grade. We are now pre-K through 11th grade. Okay. Is it, I'm assuming adding the 12th next year, is it like going to finish Absolutely. Up? Yeah. Okay. We are so excited to get to May, 2025 and have our first graduating class as a real thrust. In fact, the school was founded upon the, the concept of a K-12 classical Christian school. They wanted to see all parts of the trivium all the way through. They did not want to see their students finish school uh, at the end of eighth grade and then go into what was likely the public school system. They felt like they were missing that final component of the trivium. And so the school was actually founded out of that concept of completing a trivium. So our rhetoric school is growing fast. Every year we're getting more students and it's a very important part of who we are to get to that graduation and that alumni, you know, status that will will come with that. 
And I'm sure there's going to be multiple kids in that senior graduating class that have been there since day one, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. There's a few, probably only a couple at this point, but yeah, it's, you know, it's one of the struggles and I'll get to that is, you know, the challenges of growing that part of the school for sure. But yeah, we have a couple that will be in that, in that group. And it's pretty neat to see, you know, them kind of complete the journey, finish the race, so to speak. That's cool. Well, perfect segue into challenges. What are some of those challenges you guys are up against right now? Yeah. So really, I would say managing growth, I think, is is a, a challenge for any school head. You know, sometimes that can be going the opposite way, but hopefully not. You know, it's it, we've got the founding family's expectations of what our school is, and then we have a new family expectations. And so when I talked about the growth that, that I just talked about, you know, you still have some families that want to believe that this is still just a few families still kind of being together. It kind of feels like more of a homeschool co-op and all the things that we did back in the day when we had to tear down some walls and put up some walls in, you know, a few days and, you know, all hands on deck to a larger organism where the new family's expectations are probably that they won't be putting up walls and you know, doing drywalling as a, as a family in the school, right? So just just helping kind of affirm those founding families because they, they literally did start a school. Like, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here in St. Augustine, Florida if somebody hadn't said, well, this is something that we need. But then I have new families coming in who would expect us to be doing programs and that we would have certain things that maybe we don't yet have. And so just kind of balancing those expectations is probably one of the biggest challenges right now. I think the other one that that comes about, and maybe this is kind of a universal challenge for a a Christian school is, you know, we could come across to the city of St. Augustine as a good school. And I believe we are a good school, but I want to be more than that. I want to be recognized as a classical Christian school. And so how we educate our families coming in as to what those two things mean so that they're not just saying, we don't like this other thing. And so we've heard that you are a better option for us. That I I wanted to kind of capture that really at the end, beginning of 2022 was when I realized, hold up, we can be a really big school, but nobody really understands, you know, what it is that we're doing. They need to understand what a classical Christian school is and how it's going to look different than the school down the street. And they may decide that this is not the right place for them. Sure. And, you know, ultimately, I prefer them to make that decision before they arrive rather than after they arrive, because, you know, having students for a year you know, it, it, it's not great. So you want kids to come and you want families to come and you want them to stay and buy into the product that you're working towards. So it's, you mentioned the classical thing and wanting people to know that. <clears throat> We've had classical Christian guests on the podcast before because I'm, I'm obviously very familiar with that circle, that world. But for those listening that maybe are, are not, what in your own words, what would you say like a parent's interested in coming and they're like, well, I heard from the city or classical Christian school. I don't know what that is. What would you, what would you tell them in a way for them to comprehend and understand what all that is? Yeah. And Mitchell, I love this question because, you know, I told you earlier, I, I, I worked in Christian education and my wife is a product of K-12 Christian education. My father-in-law is a product of K-12 Christian education. So for me to learn what classical Christian education was and the differences was super important. And what I came to learn really is that this is more for classical education. It's more of a holistic approach, including kind of worldview going beyond just, just the class 
classroom to the habits, the thought patterns, the character and culture of a student and surrounding them with some things from our past that really have shaped who we are today. So it's not, we're not really going to be focusing as a school on, you know, literature that's close to us, but going back to what has stood the test of time, we're going to be talking about grammar and really reciting and memorizing facts at the younger age. We're going to be dealing with uh, a student in those that seventh and eighth grade, which is always a challenging time for anybody. We're going to be basically taking their desire and their natural bent to begin to argue and we're going to teach them how to do it and what i always say to parents is and we're going to immediately regret it um, <laughs> because as soon as they learn how to do it they want to put those things to test and and i can tell you that my children have heard me say you know that was a great that was really well said but i'm your father and it's not happening <laughs> right so they then obviously get to rhetoric stage, which is on ninth through 12th grade, where they learn not only to logically uh, work through an argument, but actually to then place it um, into, a, into a, a, a kind of an argument that they can actually give to others, right? And so the, the aspect of speech, it's just, I think in our current culture is so undervalued. Unfortunately, you know, we have kids, you know, doing potentially online education. They really never speak to anybody. They don't learn to engage with other adults. And really, you know, Mitchell, to just sum up this section, I think if classical education is anything, it's learning how to help these kids ask great questions. Hmm. You can ask a great question, you can get a lot of information. And so giving them the personable skills to be able to engage adults and be able to be winsome in their speech gives them a huge leg up in the outside world when they get to it. And maybe they don't know everything and they don't, right? Maybe we're not so technology heavy, but boy, when those classical Christian school graduates go out into technology, they're asking the questions that a lot of other people are not asking and they're making huge strides in technology or other areas that you think would be like, oh, well, that kid wouldn't know anything about that. Well, they still know how to ask the question that maybe everyone else has just assumed is, you know, just the way things always have been. That student will probably say, well, hey, what about this? And I've heard, I had a student at my previous school who basically as an intern in a, you know, all the white coats sitting around a conference table was basically put in charge of a group of adults to you know expedite a new project because they literally in the back of the room put their hand up and said hey well what have you guys thought about this and you know everybody's kind of turning around going who is that guy back there anyway and he just knew what the right question was and so that's that's kind of the that's a little piece of classical education for you that was good that was pretty good and i think this is the i think classical i mean every school obviously has challenges of course but i see this challenge popping up more more with classical Christian schools, but everybody listening, like I want this to, this does should resonate with everybody. I feel like schools have a challenge of being able to talk intelligently and quickly about their school in a way that wants to makes a person want to enroll there. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's, it'll get really, you know, people love their school. Typically they're excited about their school, but to put it into a 30 second, like here's who we are, here's what we're about. Here's why you should enroll your student. Yeah. Like, I see so many schools struggle with that and they yeah. just, they, but they're excited and they love it, but they're like, well, you just got to experience it. It's like, yeah, but they, you got to be able to put it into a way yeah. of like, 
in a video, <laughs> in the elevator, wherever. And yep. so you get really good. Obviously, yours, you know, I, I didn't tell you to keep it under 30 seconds, but you know, you happen to something that's quick too to go. Here's what it is, because you made me go, man, maybe I should move to St. Augustine, you know, so they, that's we have people moving here for us, Mitchell, maybe you should. Are you guys even full? You see, you're probably full. See, I can't even come in. I mean, we have we do have space in a couple of classes, but yeah, we do have people that are calling from across the country at this point who will say, we've heard about you, we want to come. And so, yeah, it's pretty neat to see these families. You know, I spoke to one just last week who said, yeah, we're, we are here in St. Augustine because of Veritas Classical School. Wow. So, yeah. So for those like listening, guys, focus on that elevator pitch, if you will. You can call it anything you want, but like practice it. Don't just try and wing it on the fly when somebody asks, you know, but say, what, who is our school? What do we want to say? And have not just you, if you're a head of school listening or a teacher, like the whole school, all staff, even students and families should be able to say, this yeah. is who we are. And this is why you should come here to our school. This is why like, they should, they're all marketers for you in the, in the, in the city and then the County that you're around, but they need to know what it is and have, have know what to say and not be like, we're a Christian school yeah. or we have really good football team. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. it's more than that. So that was good. And as a Christian school, I would say, goodness, like, I feel like I'm sometimes in those conversations and I'm literally praying, Lord, show me what, you know, maybe a, a piece of their educational background that I could just speak to, you know, maybe they've experienced something that they've liked or not liked that, that actually does pair or not pair with, with us as a school. And so I think it's important that we don't just say, well, I, you know, it's a packaged speech. So, you know, you're going to hit on a few things, but, but also be, be open to the Holy spirit kind of guiding you how to, to tell that as you would in, in terms of just giving a testimony, right? It's it, some of these families need to understand what it is that Christian education is doing and how foundational, I mean, to have a child in, you know, a Christian environment five days a week, actually, when, when parents actually think about that, it actually blows their mind because when they, when they start to think about, okay, maybe they're in church for a couple of hours on the Sunday and maybe they're in church for an hour or so on a Wednesday. But when they start to do the math, they realize that actually does not equate to enough time for this to be, you know, fundamental to my child. It, it, it's just kind of a little blip on the, on that, on their week, not a huge component of their weekly rhythm yeah and i'm i don't know how many people agree with me on this side like i obviously love my son being in church and being poured into but i'm not definitely giving the responsibility to my church to say like hey it's your fault that my kid isn't isn't diving in as much as he should that's my responsibility as his father and as the family yeah. unit to like we're him and i pray every night we read his little bible like we're diving into it like that's on me, you know? So like, yes, I, of church is obviously important. I want people in there and, but you're right. It's not a lot of hours at all. Like, I mean, of teaching time, maybe 30 minutes to an hour a week, if you're going on Wednesday nights and uh, yeah. Sunday. So I don't expect a ton of stuff to come from that's foundational, but mm -hmm. it's, it's on me. But then you go add church, my foundation at home and a Christian school education where it's, it's woven into math and, and social studies and everything like, wow, like now we're talking, like that's right. a lot. Right. And if those are, if those are teachers that want to disciple you, your child, like that's, that's significant. That's really significant more so than honestly, and you know, a, a youth pastor kind of figure, right. Or a youth yeah. leader. We talked about some challenges. There's just stuff that's, I mean, obviously there's things that are going good. You've already hinted at some of those, but kind of into the second section, we'd usually talk about what's 
any cool wins to share or things that are going really, really good. That is there a semi small roadmap that those that are listening could be like, Ooh, I want to try and do what Veritas is doing in that area. Mm. Yeah. I think, you know, when you, as a small startup school, so obviously year seven, it's a short, it's a short window of time for us to build a school you know, bringing some families that really get what we're doing also allows us to bring some um, amazing faculty. And so when we are able to retain faculty or recruit faculty from outside of our area, maybe faculty coming from other classical schools, they can bring some baggage, but they also have a clear understanding of the difference in our pedagogy than a public school or private school. So we've, you know, we have we've been recognized as one of the top three growing schools. So it has helped us be able to bring some faculty from outside of the state to us. And obviously then you're building that admin. So I think the other piece that I would say that really I'm very happy about is just the admin team. And I think for a school leader, for a head of school, you know, you cannot do everything. You, you cannot believe that you can do everything. And so putting people around you who can, lead out in in specific areas and take things from your plate is so so important and so having that coherent admin team i think what i've been able to do you know by the grace of god as as i've grown the team i've been able to just kind of say oh no this is your this is your area like this is what i want to see you doing more of so actually not just saying i'm bringing somebody in from outside but sometimes saying I see you, I'm bringing you down from a full-time teacher to a part-time teacher so that you can actually also do this Mm. and then let them learn that role, build that role. They already know the culture of the school. They already know the good things about the school. They may know the bad things about the school, the things they want to change, but letting them kind of grow into that role and become part of that leadership team has been really fruitful and useful and has added to us a, a lot. And obviously, you know, just, just having those people around is just so, so key when you're dealing with stuff because school leaders sometimes deal with something that just hits the radar that, you know, just knocks you sideways. And I can say that having a, you know, a, a few people around me, including a board to say, okay, we got you. This is what, this is what I think you should do. Sending emails. Like there's so many times, times, a week that I might send a draft email to a leadership team and just say, Hey guys, what do you think about this? And sometimes I've got looks great. And sometimes I've got Andrew, are you really sending this email out? Like this looks like a pet peeve that you have like this and then start. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. I'm not sending that email, you know? So just people who can keep me accountable. That's awesome. And I obviously schools across the country are struggling with teacher retention and recruitment. It sounds like that's not really been a problem for you guys as of, the whole school being around and it hasn't i mean and that you know i think if you I, I think what i see is you know if you can be passionate about what you're doing sometimes that also is saying these are things we're not doing right if you're trying to be all things to all people unfortunately you're probably going to rather than gain you might gain students in the short term but in the long term you're probably going to lose ground because you're you're really potentially saying, well, we'll do that. We'll do this. We'll do the other. And unfortunately, you know, they'll say, well, no, you're not really doing that at the level I want it to. So I'm leaving and I'm leaving for this. I'm leaving. And suddenly you realize that your enrollment is going down rather than going up. When you really can state, we do these things, but we don't do these things. Sometimes those those same people 
will jump on the bus just because they can see your conviction to say, this is what they're doing. We would have liked this, but it's okay because we think these things are more important. So they're going to go with you. So yeah, that'd be another kind of word of advice out there. Uh, yeah. Let's like my favorite saying in like the marketing world is if you confuse, you lose. And so if you're like, putting all this stuff out there and it's just not clear, people will go and you know, go another way. I kind of think about myself with food. Let's, let's go food route. So if I go into a place and I'm looking at different restaurants, maybe let's like talk a, a mall, if anybody even knows what a mall is anymore. But you know, you go into a mall, you see all these places and you see a new, new places to eat. And I look over and I see a very complicated menu where there is right. tons of things on the board and there's multiple price points at, that scares me off to even go and try it or to like talk about it. But if I go over to let's say Chick Flix, I love bragging on Chick Flix. It's very <laughs> simple. Would you like one, two, three, four, five, like number one through yeah. eight? And that's pretty much it. No pickles? Okay, yeah, I want pickles. Like whatever. And it's it's so simple. So it's like mm -hmm. it's not scary to go up and do it. And I think the same thing for these schools or anything. If you're talking about, hey, here's what all our school does. If it's just a random, huge list of all these things, I feel like that's overwhelming for a person. And so same with people looking for a job. If you say, hey, here's your benefits or here's what we do as a school and it's the five bullet points or again, I'm not a school that does this regularly, but I feel like you got to keep it simple. And is that kind of what you're saying? You've got, you've kept it simple. Right. Yep. Very important. Yeah. And I think as, as small as we are, obviously, you know, just about 40 staff on, on my faculty and, and staff, we've got, you've got to be careful that you don't just have position holders. We're too small for that. Like I think it's yeah, Liz Wiseman who basically talks about having impact players. So what I'm talking about is an impact player who's saying, Hey, I really think I could add value by coming out of the classroom part-time and doing this. And I'm saying, I absolutely believe you can, and let's do it. And then, you know, they, they're encouraging leadership all the way down. Then I think for, from, from the top down, we've got to un, don't underestimate that a pre-K student can be leading out in a pre-K classroom. What does that look like? So we've got to be modeling that all the way down. Yeah. We don't give kids enough credit. I feel like, especially in our, in our culture, but in the school districts, they are Absolutely. capable of so much, but you've yes. got to give them the opportunity yeah. to, to do that. I not always with the challenging kids, but I guess with the, when I was back, when I was a youth pastor back in the day, you know, I always, I would take the ch more challenging kids and I would give them a role of responsibility and, I, and nothing yep. crazy. Like, yeah. Hey, no, it can be tiny. <laughs> yeah. I want you to be in charge of taking out the trash tonight. Can you take out the trash tonight? And they kind of like, they look in awe of like, you trust me to, to do something or you want me to do something. And, and typically I never got disappointed. Yeah, maybe they didn't do it the right way, but then it was like clear enough, but like giving these kids, opportunities to to serve and to lead or to do things like really it helps them get more confidence too so i love to see schools that are doing that like letting kids if it's a five-year-old it doesn't matter like let them yeah. lead, let them do something and show another kid how to do something yeah i've told teachers before i said if you're doing something that a student can do then stop doing it like let let a student do that like whether that's leading in prayer passing out paper i i don't know but i'm with you in terms of you know sometimes it is pulling that student that's starting to seem disengaged and just giving them a role and they will love you forever. <laughs> so give them that opportunity because I think it's showing them who they can become. And obviously that's what we're doing. We're, we're going to send them off, right? We don't, we only get to hold on to them for 13, 14 years. They got to go do something elsewhere. We've got to give them the opportunity to, to be who God's creating them to be, which is going to be leaders. 
in their in their spheres. That's good. I love it. Well, any other final things to share on the wins thing before I ask you my final question? I don't think so. No, I think you, yeah, cover some wins. You're crushing it. All right. Well, and my last question then for you is, hey, share a piece of advice. You know, you've been doing this a while. Share a piece of advice with the school leaders listening that you would want them to to know coming from you. Yeah, well, it's really coming off of what we were just just talking about, which is kind of interesting to me. I, I'm thinking about the 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 area of leadership for students, and there's some flourishing schools research that just came out this past summer, which talks about really the you know the likelihood of alumni walking with God, and they this research shows that alumni are twice as likely to be walking with God if they have seen a school that is impacting the wider community, right? So sometimes we're too insular. Like we're just kind of like, hey, let's look out for one another. Let's do this little service project that helps this family. It's going through this tragedy right now. But if we can get outside of our own school bubble and help those in the community, this appears to make a radical impact on a you know alumnus who has seen kind of faith in action not kind of a you know the smell of hypocrisy but they've seen people working out their faith not just maybe speaking from the front of a bible class right so you know i guess the other piece i would just talk to is really just just prayer in general you know it's not the least we can do it is the most we can do so so let's do it you know we often kind of depict prayer as like the last resort well you know i'll pray for you it's the kind of the final thought it's not you know burnout is real in 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 kind of school headship leadership we need to be praying before we need it and after we need it Mm -hmm. so you know do that in school you know we as a as a faculty gather for prayer and scripture daily to remind each other of the high calling and ask you know god to direct the steps and the woods for each teacher and staff member in the building um if we don't do that we can start to believe that we're the ones that are you know doing all this stuff we're not we're calling on god to allow us to be the impact players in the kids lives that's good andrew thank you sir well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to chat. I, I, I enjoyed it. I love what you guys are doing at Veritas. I love how it's growing, and I'm excited for you guys to f- have the first graduating class in a year and a half, or two, almost two years or whatever it is, in 2025 of May. Uh, that's we're exciting. Towards it. Got to start getting those gowns, you know? <laughs> love it. Well, I appreciate it. Wish you guys nothing but the best as you continue to grow. And I'll be, if I'm in St. Augustine, I'll be sending you a text and I'll say, let's go check out that milkshake place and go get something. We'll get one of them together. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Mitchell. So thanks so much for having me on. Well, another huge shout out and a thank you to Andrew for taking time and being on the podcast today. I love what he's doing over at Veritas and I'm wishing them nothing but the best as they continue to grow and educate the next generation that's coming behind us. And as always, I'm hoping you guys are able to take at least one thing away from today's episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. 
Now, there's some ways to connect with us that I'd love you guys to do if you have not done so already. One of those is our website, schoolsuccessmakers.com. Go over there and sign up for the School Success Report, which is launching this fall. And on the homepage of our website, in the top right, there is a button for you guys to enter your email so you do not miss out when we launch the School Success Report. It's going to have different news articles that we've written and highlights of teachers, shout outs of teachers. We're going to do some giveaways. A lot of fun things when it comes to that newsletter, so we want to make sure you don't miss it. It's going to be a lot of things all about school success. We also have our private Facebook group just for school leaders called School Success Makers. We'd love you to personally go join in there because I'm personally in there, and I'd love to see you in there as well. And it's completely free. It doesn't cost you anything, so go connect with some of the other school, school success makers that are out there. We'd love to have you in there. If you guys have any comments, concerns, ideas, or anything, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that through our website on one of our contact forms. If you have any ideas for the podcast or people we should interview, and I think that's it. There's so many new things. So please connect with us. And if you haven't yet, five-star review for the School Success Podcast. If you love what we're doing for this content, we'd greatly appreciate it. Share it out on your Instagram, Facebook, wherever you guys are on for social media. We'd love that and appreciate it for very, very much. All right, I think that's it now. So we'll be back here next week with another amazing guest as usual on the School Success Podcast. We'll see you then.